in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One York. One ampersand. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. We hope for news, reviews, slightly as agonistic banter, and much, much more. I think I got a little smarmy there at the end. Oh, yes. Let's see. Hmm. That's it's, good. It's episode 242. In which uh, Robbie is going to try and sound like the rich guy from Gilligan's Island. The millionaire. The whole episode, yeah. I don't know. Does He He has a name. Hurston. Uh, Hurston, Hurston Powell. Powell, Powell Hurston Powell III? It's, it's some shit like that. I don't. I'm not an. I'm not a fucking expert on Gilligan's yeah. Island. You're not, a, you're not a Gilligan head? No. No. <laughs> Hi guys! Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi! Hey, how's it going? We're going to be discussing uh, later on why the last man, uh, the first half of it, first thirty-one issues, the first five volumes, the first. Uh, there's other. There's like it's collected a bunch of different times, so it's the first thirty-one issues. However, you want to divvy that up, the first half. We're talking about that later on. We're talking about monkeys and a single man, except for the two astronaut men. They're they're they kind of they have a couple of lines. Yeah, they don't they get angry at each other. In, in space they were oxygen deprived it happens man i think they're just jealous i mean i don't know they wanted to know whose baby it was and they didn't and because they didn't know there's tension there mm-hmm. that's my guess we'll talk about that later on before we get there before we get to, to the why the last man we have some comic books that came out this past couple weeks to talk about eric how about that I mean, let's do it up. All right. It is time for our first segment. It's time for Floppies for Nightly. Floppies for Nightly is the part show. Eric and I will uh, read some books from the past few weeks. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, maybe There may be a mush meter involved if uh, we're feeling mushy about our decision. It goes from one to five. Our first book is Delver number five. I just had it up and then it just went away. Written by M.K. Reed and C. Spike Trotman. Art, Clive Hawken. Colors, Martin Laiho. Letters, Ed Dukeshire. The frustrating thing is that the Delver never shows up in the smart lists. Yes, I know. Yeah. And I have to type fucking Delver You have to go down every to... Every time. You have to go down to borrowed on the smart list. It's like all the I, way down. I, 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 I never saw it. You have to go uh, if you scroll past. I, I, mean, I, I, I believe you. If you scroll past five other things, you'll get to that and the turtles because those are the only things we borrowed. Okay, I see Comicsology Unlimited borrows. Yes, that is what this is. Technically, um, this is the last of season one. Now, officially, it is that is what this book is doing. I guess you know it is doing seasons of five issues mm-hmm. a, a piece i guess little minis I mean, yeah books books come in seasons and not volumes that's um I'll... that's um uh, i mean why let's it's a pack why don't we, it's let, pack, let's call it's a... <laughs> it's a... let's call it all kinds of other things too <laughs> a five pack of comics this yeah. is pack one next up yes. pack two 
what do you fucking god? What do you think about the 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 ending of this arc? We've read too all. Easy. We've re- we've read all. Too easy. Too easy. Um, felt unsatisfying to me. I mean, the 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 swerve at the end. Interesting. I'm not exactly like low on it. Um, it just feels like they shouldn't have solved the problem so easily, but they did give them kind of a different thing. So I don't know. They're going to go back in the dungeon. Maybe they shouldn't have built up it as being so scary in issue four (laughs) when they're going to magically solve all their problems in issue five and escape and everything's fine and no one dies. Um, Still, good comic um we've basically read a whole trade mm-hmm. which we've we've never done that before we have we did it one we did it very early on we did it with thor god of thunder back like six years ago <laughs> i don't remember us reading all of thor god we didn't of read thunder all, we didn't read all of it but we read the first arc we read the first six issues of thor god of thunder i think five or six then we then we, then we went uh oh, maybe we don't need to keep doing this because we kept saying this is amazing and then we didn't really have much nuance to beyond hey this mm. is amazing which it is well, amazing uh but that probably would have been like episode two through friggin oh yeah you know, i mean it was a long time ago seven. that's we like were... that's the first that's like the first official like great book that we like were we witnessed i guess i mean I, I i was i was still buying actual paper copies and going to <laughs> comic book stores yes. when we did that and you're like just buy them digitally and i'm like this is so much easier <laughs> i don't want to to go to a fucking comic book store and I have nine thousand comic books. Yeah, there's a lot. House. A lot of <laughs> turns out paper takes up space. Yeah, I, I and and, and, and there, yeah. Anyway, I don't need to talk more about that. Please I, continue your train I, of thought. There, talk about this book. I like it. I think <laughs> I I understand. I think I I do. I do see your point. You know, not, there's there. It's a lot of this book has been almost no no real like action really it's mm-hmm. mostly it's been about character and about choice character choice not necessarily oh can they kill a thing can they fight a thing and that is what this book turns into at the very end is very much them defeating the dungeon and getting back out and like Overall, if I'm judging the arc, I thought I really like it, and I really like the twist. Uh, I like the, you know the twist that they've been in there a lot longer, and the town has been has built up even more crazy more in the intervening time. And what does that mean for you know her family and what they live, you know how they lived? Because it's suddenly going to be way different when we come back to this in season two, presumably. And I, you know, the idea that they the dungeon doors can just close up. The dungeon itself is apparently sentient to a certain degree. You know, like I think that was mm-hmm. always that was always a rumor throughout the book, but this I think this confirms it to me that this book, the dungeon is sentient. It wanted these two. It wanted to kill them, um, and the, the idea that it itself like fakes different things happening inside the dungeon to lure people to move people around and make people do things, and that's a very interesting idea. I'm really interested to see where they go with it in season two, presumably. Um, I I don't know. I don't really. I I think I just I like it. I don't think I love it. I don't think I yeah. don't. I I think it's fine. I think it. I didn't really have many expectations because this book has continually like 
I think that's the one thing I will say about this, the whole arc, that it is continually challenging what I expect to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't ever go the direction I think. And even in this one where I don't think it's going to, I don't, I didn't foresee it becoming like, oh, they fight the dungeon at the end. I thought it was going to be much more like a, you know, she chose to go back in. And I think if this was, if there was no more of this book, it probably would have ended it with her, like choosing to save someone and her dying, you know, to, to save her friend. But I, I think it is, I think a lot of it is, and again, I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff happening at the surface. I mean, hell, most of the book takes place in the surface. So, or at least half of it. If she went in issue three or four, three, but I, I'm, I am, it's not really, the dungeon is not the part of this that excite, excites me. It's more like the societal stuff that happens on the surface dealing with the aftermath of an appearance of a dungeon, which I think is why they, you know, they end up back up on top and the, the time jump gives us a little bit more room to explore those ideas. So I don't, you know, I, I obviously, I think overall, I think this arc is good. I wouldn't call mm-hmm. it great, but it, you know, it's the first arc. I think it, I think. I think the thing to lead from uh, kind of our discussion on this is the to, thing to read from. Excuse me, um, the ending is a little bit of a letdown. And I think we had really high expectations, and I think one through four were very, very good. I I, I think it's just it is a product of serialization. <laughs> they had to have yeah. more. They had to make more of it. Mm-hmm. So you have. I think that's gonna. I think I'm okay with that if the more of it is as good. You know, if I get out of six issues, four are great. I'm okay with that ratio. I'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'm still a buy on this issue, like, as a, like by itself. I, I don't think I'm going yeah. like, to, I think it's just when you have great, when you do great work and then the stuff after it is only, you know, above yeah. average, you're just like, oh, you're like, oh, it's not. It's not what, my special favorite thing. Uh, so I'm a buy. Is that you're just straight up a buy? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so double buy, double number five. Next up is Collapser, number one. Uh, story by Mikey Way and Sean Simon. Art by Elias Kriezis. Kriezis. Sure, that sounds yeah. terrible. I I apologize. Uh, <laughs> colors: okay. Chris Peter. Letters: Simon Voland. From Young Animal, mm-hmm. which is usurped. so you know it's weird. It's usurped Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Vertigo is dead. Rest in peace, Vertigo. But we have Young Animal, which is basically the same thing. Uh, it's hipper, <laughs> which it's I think like is re- it's like a rebranding of Vertigo. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I it really, it really doesn't. I mean, I understand why you when if you like you buy DC and you go, well, what do we? Ha- what are our imprints on our comic books? Uh, well, we have the Black Label, which are DC superheroes but mature. And we have Young Animal, which is also sometimes DC superheroes. But just strange indie stuff. Then we also have Vertigo, which is also indie stuff, but also sometimes DC superheroes. I'd be like, oh, do we need all those? So I understand it to a certain extent. This I is think what they're they're gonna they're gonna bring back Vertigo in like three to five years, and yes. we're gonna we're gonna read a do, whole product line of this shit. Do this dance again, and yeah, no, exactly. Like fucking whatever. Um, what do you think about this comic book, Eric? I don't have a whole lot of like fully formed anything about it. I think I like it, but I'm, I'm not. I'm intrigued. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Um, 
it's like it's like this guy gets some weird venom symbiote, some weird or black, whatever in the black shit's hole, going on, a black yeah. liquid black hole or something. Yeah, inside of him. Yeah, and he has he's the I you know I read some of the material leading up to this, and it's this is written by uh this is the story by Mikey Way, which is the brother of Gerard, Gerard Way, Way, the brother of Gerard Way. Mm-hmm. Who is like the one of the editors of Young Animal, and this is apparently this guy was originally like as a, in the original pitch, he, this this dude, this sad dude with the black hole inside of him, was the villain of the protagonist, which in the book was about a protagonist, and his is one of his villains, and then this it morphed into this story about this guy because they found that this guy was actually like more of a seed for yeah, a it's book. More, it's more compelling. Yes. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I think like, and they've mentioned that this is like trying to be a little bit of a metaphor for, for mental illness, um, which you can, I, I think you, you can kind of see that with the, like the warring thoughts inside of his head and his kind of behavior. I like how it looks and I like it. It's, it's, it's strange. And you don't, you don't, it doesn't really adhere to what you, you're like, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's happening in this book. You know, I don't know. It, it, Ends with him seeing things and some intergalactic, mm-hmm. uh, some fourth world rejects chasing after him, and then him teleporting. I, I think I like it, and I think that's good enough for now. I just want you know it to shape up into something a little bit more. You know, it's a first issue. I don't know how much you can, how much I should expect it to communicate in a single issue. I think that's probably your mileage may vary. I think I'm gonna just a slightly mushy by like a one. I don't think I don't think I'm mushy at all. I think it's it's weird and interesting and it looks good. The weird the 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 color being washed out is a strange decision, but um uh, the entity, the black hole thing is uh it's all black. Yes. And all the other all the rest of the black is not washed out. Mm-hmm. Which seems like kind of a an obvious design choice but it's a design choice it's still it's still putting thought into what they're doing mm-hmm. I, I i i have no real reservations uh recommending this book so okay uh buy it and enjoy it that's a double buy on class number one with a mush meter of 0.5 next book is jimmy olsen or should i say superman's pal jimmy olsen number one part one of a 12 issue maxi series written by matt fraction art steve lieber colors nathan fairbairn letters clayton kyles Remember that Matt Fraction guy? Yeah, the guy who hasn't written comics in a hundred years. I mean, he wrote an issue and, of and Sex then he, Criminals. And he wrote like four four issues of uh, um, uh, Hawkeye after falling off for another 20,000 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, here, I don't, here, it's not a coincidence, Eric, that Mike, Brian, uh, Brian Michael Bendis suddenly started working at DC and started mm-hmm. becoming a very powerful figure there. And then suddenly Kelly Sudaconic Greg Rucka and Matt Fraction all suddenly are writing comic books there. Not a coincidence. Uh, I, I I mean, you know, these people are like posting pictures of like their kids playing together and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I think maybe there's a bit of nepotism going on. They're friends with each other. Uh, yeah. But I'm here. I like Matt Fraction. I like Steve Lieber. I think I like this comic book. 
I'm I'm here for it. It's just I didn't know what I was getting into. I think <laughs> when I first when I opened it up, and then it just kind of washed over me. Like, oh, okay, I get it. It's Hawkeye, but Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with that. No, Hawkeye I don't either. Was, honestly, Hawkeye was good in its uh, in its heyday, and that's the at least the main thing that that I think is weak about DC is they don't. I mean, that that is what has made Marvel work the past 10-ish years is they've gone back and reinvented all of their characters and injected personalities into them and made them relevant for, you know, the modern era. And, and fucking Fraction was like the, the, the fucking spear point of that. I mean, who better? No, I agree with you. I mean, I think it is very much DC understanding like, hey, we have a mark like they have the Scott Snyders of the world. They mm-hmm. have they have that kind of market already there. And it, and it they are it's consistent in the DC. And I think they are their marketing strategy of not, you know, they don't restart books nearly as often as Marvel does, which, you know, for that part of DC, I applaud because they generally do. Mm-hmm. They do run books longer. They'll run a book 50, 60, 70 issues before eventually they'll maybe reboot it. But it's usually with a a, a good reason. Marvel is just like, hey, six issues. Uh, forget about it. In uh, six months, we'll release another book with the same character and you'll forget about it. And that book will also fail. And, it, you know, it it, it is miserable so i am you know i like the lois lane series and this is a very this like that was very kind of serious and tonally uh harder harder edged this is very silly it's you know it's you know like it's a jimmy olsen book so taking jimmy olsen put it in gotham city i'm all down for it plus a weird murder mystery at the end i like it it's just uh, you know it was a little bit of a shock to my system because i was just, i didn't even realize this was matt fraction until i got to the end and then there's an advertisement for this book in the back of this book that mm-hmm. says written by matt fraction i'm like oh oh shit i just read this <laughs> I'm, I'm a dummy that's of course it's matt fraction oh duh um <laughs> but i would also say dc hey you don't need to put an advertisement for this book in the book. I you might want to use that I mean, that capital to put towards a different book, but whatever. I'm a buy. I uh, sure hope someone got fired for that <laughs> blunder. Ugh. I'm a buy. Mm. I think it's funny. I think it's interesting. It re- it finally makes <laughs> it finally recognizes the fact that the Daily Planet would be like struggling mightily. And Jimmy Olsen doing something viral would actually make the money, but he also turned into a turtle man. I'm a, I'm a buy. I like it. And Steve Lieber's great. I, I his Superior Spider Man's great. I the the fix is good. This is also good. The drawing of um, Clark Kent winking at the camera. <laughs> yes, it's just God. Matt Fraction is a doofus. I love it so much. This book is good. I I I like it uh no reservations here just 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 buy it i have every confidence that this is going to be at least very fun for a couple of issues if not it's it's going to be like a pure return to form for fraction so you get to issue seven and there's like a three month delay and then a six month (laughs) delay between the next issue and then i know oh but we're double double by uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number one. Next up is Swordmaster number one, written by Apologies in Advance Shuzu Shuzu Art Gunji Gunji, adaptation by Greg Pak. I apologize again, and then a backup by Greg Pak, uh, 
Ario in in detail and colors with uh, Rochelle Rosenberg. The whole thing is lettered by Travis Lanham. This is originally printed in Chinese. This is original Chinese comic that has been, you know, adapted to come back to print in the West. And it sounded like an interesting idea. This is a, a hero that has been appearing in the War of the Realms. To, give, to fill you in, Eric, which I did not know mm-hmm. that when I first bought this, but I figured it out. Um, what do you think? Uh, I kind of don't like it. Okay. Why? I mean, it does It does read... It's interesting that it's um, it's a Chinese story because it, it reads very... I mean, it intentionally is trying to be very manga-esque. Um, I don't know. It leaves me kind of cold and empty and i'm struggling to articulate why i don't like it and i can't think of anything other than um like this guy just looks like shoujo manga pretty boy Mm -hmm. and it irks me a little bit um i I should god the, the the fucking pajamas that chang chi is in look awful i just i i don't know i don't I mean that's the backup. That's not the same original. That's not of the original. Uh... I get that, but it looks like it looks like this book is going to be split. I mean, does it? It doesn't say. Does, does it say it's going to be continued another book? I mean, it's part one, so I assume there is a part two of the, the backup story. But the, I think yeah. it's just because the first, the original story is like a little light. It's like a couple pages short of a full comic, so they add in a backup book probably to also try and entice readers who you know might be a little reticent because it's a chinese book to begin with uh-huh. um i'm i i'm of two minds of it i think it is the story itself is a little generic yeah it's very much like oh yes there's a powerful it's a magic sword you grab it and he gives you powers okay i think the part that really the part of me that likes it is because this 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 thing in the marvel universe is novel mostly like you know they're a manga styled comic doesn't it's you know that that line is much thinner than it used to be you know a lot of artists nowadays are much more, their manga influence is obvious you know to, even if they do draw end up drawing more western style in the end there you can still clearly see oh they read manga and it is formative on their work and their style um but this is very much like hey clearly this is what this is going after what it's been what it's modeled after um, I think I like the art a lot. Uh, I like the big monster a lot. I think the sword looks cool. I don't know. I'm c- curious about it. I'm curious, like a Marvel, a, ch- a Marvel comic that's Chinese first. That's just interesting to me to see what that becomes. Like, how do they, how do they tell their story any differently? Do they at all? Is it just norm- a normal Marvel kind of story in that just happens to be with Chinese uh, creators? I don't know. I, I that's like that's my that's my the part of me that says bye. Like I like how this looks, and I like I like that kind of a curiosity about uh, the backup story does nothing for me. Uh, I think it's fine. Uh, it's just it's kind of just very. It's also like generic training training montage. Like watch it, watch Swordmaster fight with Shang Chi, and it's not that split a split a board. It's like the simplest, most like generic training montage kind of thing. I, I think I'm like a buy, but I'm that mushy buy, uh, like a four. I think that's fair, but I think I'm largely a do not buy. I mean, I, what I can say that I know about Chinese storytelling in particular, I mean, there are 
it's got a similar DNA to um, Japanese and manga storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience with Chinese storytelling is y- you don't read or watch that stuff for the story. Mm-hmm. So I don't really i i mean i'm not that interested in in seeing that i I mean i don't know you you watch it or you know you because there's some cool kung fu fights or because the characters are interesting or because the book has fun artwork like a wing shing ma comic um looks gorgeous but is an incomprehensible mess um i i i think manga is the same thing but less messy i i think because of the western influence um but i think it's just i don't know it it's it's a different st- style of storytelling that i don't personally care for and i don't know what greg pock is going to do to make it different um but i i have no interest in it so i can't I can't really say keep buying it. Um, maybe, maybe it'll be amazing. Like I do enjoy Greg Pak on um, on some level, but this is this is a no from me. Okay, that is a split decision on Swordmaster number one with a much meter of four. Our next book is Valkyrie Jane Foster number one, written by Jason Aaron and Al Ewing, art Kafu, colors Jesus Abertov. Letters and production, Joe Sabino. So, Jane Foster as Valkyrie, the last Valkyrie against some X Games. Yeah. X- I like it, though. I mean, I like the X Games rejects. They feel like a modern wrecking crew in a certain way. The American Gladiators. Yes, exactly. Power Rangers. I mean, this feels, you know, and it feels a lot like the... Uh, uh, revisiting a lot of what we liked about the mighty thor and when jane foster was thor and it just to me it feels like the b the b minus version of that there's nothing about it that's bad but like every bit of that feel every bit of it feels like just completely reheated to me i don't know i'm i'm not wildly interested in this uh but i do think it's good and it feels like it's going somewhere, but I don't understand why it has to start out so insanely generic. Like we, I mean, I don't know. Like we know that she can beat up guys. We've seen it. it I, well, that's, did, did we I really mean, have to see this again? Hey, Eric, I'll here. Let me play devil's advocate. So the, you know, San Diego comic-con just happened. And with it, released a billion Marvel MCU news stuff. Mm-hmm. A billion things happened. And, and among them was a, a new Thor movie coming out at some point, directed by Taika Waititi. And mm-hmm. confirmation that Natalie Portman is coming back, playing Jane Foster, and she will be the Thor. And, you know, at the same time that is announced, there is a comic book. And I understand that cross-brand synergy pro- usually doesn't work because Marvel doesn't market their comic books. But theoretically, there's a lot of people who might be wandering into a comic book store because of that news, maybe, potentially, and they didn't read any of those Jane Foster Thor comic books, but they see this, number one, fresh on the shelves, so they explain a little bit, you know, it's a little redundant, 
you know i i think it's the 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 whole idea of you know kind of like oh last time on jane foster adventures is fine but i don't understand why we don't st- i mean you want to start with an action scene and prove that she's cool and like whatever i mean i guess it's not like a complete loss because this gold guy gets tied into the story mm-hmm. and like that's a setup but i it just feels so i mean why don't we just have crusher creel show up and and we can punch him again just to prove that 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 she's a big tough person again like it just I, I, it just seems so dumb. I mean, to show it uh, the same stupid shit again and again without even rehashing it and making it fun. I mean, it's I just—I I think the fight, the fight scene in the beginning, I think it's fun. I like it. It's I like got the X fun, Games rejects. It's, it's got fun elements to it, but it just—I don't know, man. I—I I really like this book. I think it's great. I think there's a lot of good in this book. I mean, I I love I, I Bullseye, so that com- might be a part of it. Um, I mean, Bullseye is good. We should we need to go back. What was that fucking weird Bullseye book? Did that get canceled? I mean, I, I think it just like, ran its course. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, well, I believe it got I mean, canceled. Oh, I mean, like I either the art. I I think they had. I think I don't. I I don't. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. It's true. It's true. I either I, way, I it had a single art and it ended. Right. But we need to go back and read it. It was it was grisly. That was a while ago, though. It was. I I just think that this is. I worry that this is going to be too by the numbers, too generic, too afraid to. I mean, I to to, to do something. I and that's that's my hesitation. I mean, I, I'm I I am a buy on this book. I think there's a lot of good in it, but Ow. like everything. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't myself. know that my opinions wounded you so so deeply. <laughs> no, well, slamming your leg into a desk always hurts. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you say. <laughs> I would I would say that I think honestly, I think this book is just trying to be more like standard superhero-y than sure than what than the Thor the Thor book was essential. It was uh because it yeah. was the main Thor title. Thor is still happening. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, this is running concurrently with Thor, and I think that that this book is, it is trying to establish what kind of tone it is, and I think it's, I think you look at what Bullseye is doing and how Bullseye works in this comic book. I think that is keying me, and I think that this is going to be more street level. This is going to be more, mm-hmm. you know, not as caught, not as big. Like literally, Jane Foster saves the fucking universe at the end of her arc, uh, and nearly dies. And this is like, oh, she's fighting Bullseye, who has a really special weapon that enhances your weapon fighting ability, who, hey, Bullseye's already pretty damn good at that. I think that's a key. I, I feel like that's the key. It's like, hey, this is going to be a street level book. It's going to be dealing with her trying to, like, balance. Like, it's like a Spider-Man book, kind of, like, more deadly. But I think it's well, like. That's, a, even, that's another thing that I, I have kind of some issue with is, like, they're trying to do this whole work-life balance thing with her. Mm-hmm. And like her, I don't want to see Jane Foster getting chewed out by her boss. <laughs> That's no, don't show me that. Fuck you. <laughs> it's just it, it, that, that, like, that's the thing. Like, it's just like, you, you cannot tell me 
that Jane Jane Foster was Thor was a fucking god was in the Avengers and she's got to fucking like burn the candle at both ends and go to fucking work and get chewed out by her boss because she's late. Like, stop, stop, stop showing me these tropes. Just, just get to the cut, cut the bullshit and, <laughs> and show me what's good here. Eric, I'm, okay. I, you might want to, I, it's a Marvel comic book. I don't think they're gonna, it's Marvel. They're not. Well, I think buddy, let me tell is. you, if, if, if we're not complaining about comic books, why are we recording this? I, I mean, I frankly, I, I thought this book was great. I think the art is great. I've never heard of this artist before. The art is gorgeous. There's a lot of good reasons to buy this book. There really are, but I have some serious reservations with it. I think Jason Aaron will be off of it after the first arc, probably, and this will be an Al Ewing book, uh, which, hey, I will follow Al Ewing now. After Immortal Hulk and his previous work, I'm team Al Ewing 100% of the time. I'm curious to see where this happens. I don't really want I don't want her to be in that Thor book again. I don't want her to be like fighting gods anymore. I'm kind of bored of that. That's why I didn't care about War of the Realms. If I wanted to watch, mm-hmm. I could just read War of the Realms and see people fight ice giants or whatever. I just, I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. I understand it was important in Jason Aaron's giant Thor uh, plan. And now we have King Thor in the future and all this stuff, which I'm interested in. But I'm cool just with her just the, fighting Bullseye. Cue, cue, the, cue the picture of Jason Aaron. Doing the 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 Charlie Day, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, of course, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, plans. I'm a buy. I'm just straight up a buy. I think this looks great. Yeah, I I don't even know that I put mush in it, but just just be aware. I have I, I just you're watching hear it? my complaints yeah. and then buy this book. You have you're I'm watching you. I'm watching yeah. you, Jane Foster. Better not no, take any Jim, more I'm shit from your boss. I'm gonna pull Jason Aaron's beard. Does he have a? Is he is he beard full now, or is he still beardless? I, I, I'm not, I, mean, I haven't. I've been tracking it, it. It's it's like a paper towel dispenser. You oh, just you go just, up, and just, on him, and it comes wave, out. You just wave your hand in front of it. It's <laughs> it just comes out. Fair it enough. Just, <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's say double buy on uh, Valkyrie Jane Foster. Valkyrie colon Jane Foster number one. Our last book of the week is. House of X, number one, written by Jonathan Hickman, Art Pepe Larraz, colors Marte Gracia, letters Clayton Cowles, design Tom Mueller. We're eager to talk about this book. I, 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 I yeah, I've read this book twice. In the, in, it came out Wednesday, this is Sunday as we're recording it, I've read this book twice in those intervening times, and I've read through the entire Back Matter stuff. All those, the director's cut, the whole script, I read through all of it. I know, this book... I love this. I this book has gotten me excited. I haven't felt this way in a, since about a superhero book since Vision. Uh, Vision, and hmm. for different reasons, Vision is a obviously a very different book than this. Vision is cerebral and kind of thoughtful and you know slower paced. I think um, I've been waiting for a book to make me care about the X Men again. And like there have been solid books here and there over the past since mm-hmm. bendis left basically and abandoned yeah abandoned the original five and they they ruined they they left the original five and it made a bunch of complications and it was dumb and then you know there's <laughs> uh there's a generation x book i thought we both liked that i think we both liked the recent uh x-force book because it was very silly and stupid 
you know, full of a lot of explosions and, and good art. But I even cared about the X-Men as a whole. I cared about, hey, that book is good, or this book is good. It, this book is, you know, I liked Hickman's Avengers a lot. I did not like it a lot. I'd never, I was, when I was growing up, I was an X-Men kid. I loved the X-Men. It was partially because of the animated series, partially because I was a kid, and of course I liked Jim Lee's art for X-Men number one, and I was going, I went crazy when, oh my god, Magneto ripped out Wolverine's skeleton. Ugh. Like, you know, when you're 12 or whatever, I was obsessed with it. But it's been a long time since Uncanny X-Force, really, when that was just, that even then was still, like, only tangentially connected to the X-Men. I love everything that's happening. I love the, the these ideas. I love the idea of this feeling so cohesive. I love the idea of the mutants being a cohesive nation and big ideas and weird philosophical positions being pushed at humanity and making choices and showdowns between the Fantastic Four and Cyclops and redefining what Omega-level mutants are and Krakoa being like a way to synthesize incredible drugs, a mutant language and mutant names and mutant clothes. And uh, I, I just, I'm like it, this book. I love it. It's like mania proselytizer. I feel like I'm just like a prophet of, of Hickman's X-Men. Cause I've immediately went, I'm subscribed to this. This is one of those books. I'm going to be reading this week to week, regardless of if we're reading it on a podcast. Like, I don't need to wait for a trade. I don't want to wait for a trade. I want the next issue now. I'm going to be reading this and Powers of X. We'll probably read a couple of them along the way. I'm excited for what is happening. There's a lot of secrets in here. This book is really knowing Hickman and seeing, like, why is Professor X wearing the Cerebro all the time? You know, why? There's so You look at the script for this, and there's so much of it that's blacked out of descriptions and <laughs> and stuff because it, obviously it has spoilers for stuff that happens in the future and i know and cyclops just like t- telling reed richards hey tell franklin i said hi you know like hey he has family waiting for him and they you know it that the the, the hickman design is in here which i i find that really interesting when you act when you juxtapose it against a superhero comic it makes it even weirder which makes me like it more when it's juxtaposed in his normal work, I I enjoy it and appreciate it because it does a you know it does a, a job. But in this, it feels strange because it's Marvel comics superhero comics don't have weird diagrams and and like like memos interspliced in the middle of the comic book. Um, and We're of course, lucky that it doesn't have the targets in the picture of the guy from uh, fucking nightly news. <laughs> yes, exactly, but. And, and, you know, it has also, on a sheer, like, fanboy level, it has Magneto being a badass. And I'm I'm okay with that as well. I, and I, it looks beautiful. You can see the work that went into this comic book. My god, it is just every page is, like, labored over. It, it Every single, every single m- moment has been, obvi- like, has been... <laughs> carefully studied it for errors and be like oh no we let's make sure this is there and this is here i don't know eric i i'm excited about the x-men now i i i am not excited about this book uh but i do read it and it's easy to recognize it's been a while before x-men has 
felt this important. Um, I mean, both from the buzz around the book, you know, from before, and also how the story feels. And I think that that second thing is more important. You know, the the energy that I get from reading it and the ideas that are in it and it feels a lot better it feels like like we were it, it felt like x-men has been dead for years despite it never quite going away everything was just reheated bullshit felt, i mean even it felt it, like, it, that's even what they were saying in in bringing hickman on to x-men correct well yeah i mean it, it felt like treading water yeah, it absolutely. felt it felt very and like there's obviously conspiracy theories like oh well now suddenly Marvel has control of the X Men again the movie properties mm -hmm. so obviously now they're gonna that's, put a lot of effort into X Men but that's that's not a, that's not even a conspiracy theory this is that's exactly one hundred thousand percent they can they can make new stuff now well it's and and uh, there's another part of this that I you know the, the obviously. Could have other creators done something like this, something big and bold, if they'd get gotten the chance? Probably. But because Hickman is Hickman and because he's had so much success, they are willing to give him the keys, you know, let, mm -hmm. let him let him do what he wants. And I, I know there's a lot of criticism of Hickman online in different places, different corners of the Internet. Frankly, I look forward to everything he writes. I buy everything he writes. Uh, he's a total complete troll on Twitter, so I don't follow him. But he knows how to write good superhero comics. Every single thing, every single thing he's ever written, I've loved. I, I I love Fantastic Four. I love his Avengers. I'm really excited about this. I I there's so much mystery. Like I I I would I feel like that's the thing. Like it makes me like it gives you that feeling of like it gives me that feeling I had when I was a kid, and it's really hard to do nowadays. I am so. So much more cynical because I've seen so many more comics, but I am so curious about where this is going. What's going to happen about the weird master mold head just in space from a repurposed Tony Stark, you know, planet killer. Like, oh, so much stuff. I love I, I don't know. I could just go on and on. I think this book is great, but it's so interesting. It's so, it's just, and like you said, it feels like, oh, wow, it's actually pushing forward now. It is like a new thing for the X-Men to do. Mm -hmm. And after reading the preview for the next book, I don't, it's left me even more confused, but really interested because it's, the powers of X-Book is like looking back at like the past, present, and future. And it starts with a future that I read the first four pages in a preview, which tells you how excited I am about this. Because like, normally I'm like, oh, a preview, I don't care. I'll read it when it comes out. This, I'm actually like, I want to know, I need to see those four pages. I want to know what the hell is going on. Except I read those four pages. I have no clue what's going on because it's set in the weird future. Uh, you know, and he said previously, oh, there's no time travel in it. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll see. It's an X-Men book. <laughs> I'll, I'll trust you after it's done. If there's no time travel or not. Of course, we haven't seen Cable or Bishop, so who knows. And there's also the other thing, Eric. Which you know, we we have not read very much recent X Men for the podcast, and I actually looked this up because people are like whining about it online. Some of these people who are in this book have been dead, and you see that weird panel at the beginning with Professor X like creating mutants, maybe birthing them out of Krakoa or something, and you're like, well, which is that? What does that mean? 
and who is professor x now like is it still the 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 because currently that professor x is the mind of professor x in phantom x's body theoretically that's that's why he's not taking a helmet off is his brain will fall out. <laughs> I guess so. There's a so I many. I mean, uh, let's let's be glad that it's not in Red Skull or whatever <laughs> the fuck was happening. Oh my god, Uncanny Avengers! That was a beautiful yeah. mess. I liked about half of that book. Um, the other half was bad. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought it was Sixus. Oh, it became Sixus. Yeah, that was it, Uncanny Avengers led into Sixus, which was unremittingly terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I, so bad that it yeah. drove Rick Remender away from Marvel Comics forever. Which is unfortunate, because he was great. Um, I'm going to buy it. I don't know if you guys could tell out there if I like House of X. I love House of X. I'm a buy. I'm a 100% a buy. I'm a super buy. If I could do a double buy, I would say that just for me alone. <laughs> are you? Where are you, Eric? I know you're not as enthusiastic as me. Are you a buy? I, right, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not as enthusiastic. But, I mean, like you, I want to love the x-men um maybe i'm i'm not not the fan that you are that i'm just like oh my god i'm 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 gonna die if i don't read this uh but it's it's good i'm i'm happy with the direction it's going in i think i'm i think i think by the end of it i'm going to be very very excited this is this is the next big thing for them and thank god it's an x-men book we have we have needed this. So that's a buy. That is a buy, you okay. goober. Jesus. Just, hey, I'm like a. I, I've said this before. I'm a flight attendant. You're in the exit row. I need verbal confirmation. You know that that is this is. You're just being obtuse. That's what you're doing. Yeah, I can't see your face, Eric. I don't know what you're saying. Like you might have like a grimace on when you're saying things. And I makes do me think turn into, I do turn into the grimace. Yes. Everyone knows how much you love that McDonald's. That's a double buy at House of X number one. That is our final book for floppies this week. There'll be more next time. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is part of show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple of weeks, what we've been uh, doing with our time, any kind of media we'd like to recommend, etc. Uh, Eric, what's up? Um, like to tell you about a couple of things. Okay. Um. I tabled at uh, Tampa Mini Maker Fair. It was not great. Um, I, I mean, I I love the I love the maker community in Tampa. I think they're really wonderful people. Uh, they did a good They did a good job, I think, putting on this con. It just was a really horrible fit uh, because no one goes to a maker fair looking to buy things or to buy art. Um, uh, I think in general, people go to maker fairs looking for something to do for a couple of hours and not like, oh, I have money. I'm going to buy things there. They're definitely not primed for it. Um, so it sucks to, uh, spend a whole day, spend $50 on a table and sell $20 worth of stuff. <laughs> it was, uh, not, not a fun day. Uh, so don't recommend that. I mean, um, I would, I would, yeah, I would not, re- I don't know. Yeah. Right. Tabling as an artist, probably. No, I would, I look, maker fairs are fun enough, I guess. Well, but I mean, I think, I think everything you said is right. Originally, the, originally they didn't say anything about paying for a table and then they sprung that on me. 
about three weeks ago. I might have missed it, but I just remember saying, hey, do you want to do this? And I applied. You know, I'm like, okay, free table, might as well. You know, for me to meet people and sell $20 worth of merchandise, it might have been worth it. Um, but to, to lose 30 bucks <laughs> and have to eat Subway for lunch and listen to people, God almighty, people like they put me on the third floor. So people are coming in. It was in the Glazer Children's Museum, uh, in Tampa. People are coming in and like by the time they're at the third floor, they're literally like dragging their children, mm-hmm. you know, because they've been through two floors of shit and it's mostly kids. Most adults are not coming to this maker fair in a children's museum without their kids. Um, they just all want to go the fuck home by the time they're on the third floor. So they're just like, just dragging their kids. And I just, this one woman drag like her son or whoever stopped in front of my booth and she's like, oh, you don't want that. That's just stickers. And I'm like, lady, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm right here. <laughs> I, it was a real, real bummer. It was a real damn bummer. Um, I did start messing around uh, with, um, I guess I could plug this too, that I uh, I'm f- finally tried out my uh, my Twitch account. So check uh, check my Twitter for uh, what's your handle on Twitch? I'm easy good night on everything. Okay, um, but check my Twitter for uh, updates on when I'm going to be going live. I may prime it here and there, but if I'm going to sit down and draw, there's no reason for a lot of times to not stream it. Um, but that was a fun thing. Tried that out today. How long did you stream? I don't know. I, I finished up one illustration and started goofing around with another one. Um, so gosh, I think I had two matches playing while I was, uh, while I was streaming. So probably about an hour. So you can both, you can both watch me draw and watch uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling with me. So I think that's a good deal for everybody. Now I get notifications whenever you go live, Eric. There you go. I just, you fo- I just, fo- you- I just follow you on Twitter. Thank you. On Twitch. I already follow you on Twitter. Twitcher. Follow you on Twitch. On Twitter. They're whatever. Social media words. I hate yeah. them all. It's, they're all awful. Um, but no, gentle listener, you should also do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And watch me draw funny things. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to work stuff out on it. Ultimately, I think um, I'll probably buy some manner of uh, camera uh, so I don't just have to use my phone and stuff. And I'll, you know, have a camera set up to you can, like I can actually do physical media draw media drawing and all of that mess. And combine it all. I really I do like messing around with. Um, um, it's not open box. What's it called? Is it called open box? What is OBS called? Open broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, really okay. like... I, I, everyone calls it OBS anyway. No one even uses. Yeah, I the... know. No, it's true. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a really fun program. I think for the low price of nothing, it's really 
quite i mean it's a great piece of freeware um uh but in terms of i actually bought myself a video game oh wow i i i kind of regret it because it's not i don't see myself logging 900 hours on it oh no but it is really neat it is a really neat thing so it is called space engine I think I just um, after finishing up because um, uh, I I finished Outer Wilds and I'm waiting for Robbie uh, to finish it so he and I can have a, a long form conversation about it. Look forward to that, gang. Um, but Space Engine, in some ways, it's kind of like a thing like you can build your own little universes in it and it'll generate like star fields and it it you know it has a scale of uh kilometers to light years to all this shit so it's it's trying to be very scientifically accurate at least within the confines of a computer program um and it, you know, it's got this whole mode where you can generate stars and planets and 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 build all those things and then tool around in them. But it also has a fairly accurate model of the universe in it, um, and it's a really wild thing um, to like mess around in that. And just because it's it's hard to get a sense of how big the universe appears to us and what we can observe um, and how it's impossible. Like if you could only travel at the speed of light in this, you couldn't see anything mm -hmm. like you. I think the max speed it lets you travel is something like it was in the hundreds it was hundreds of millions. It was either three or five or eight hundreds. It was some weird number that it capped at, but it was millions of light years per second was the speed that it gets to. And it still takes you a long time to get across the observable universe. And that's a that's a thing. It's it's weird. Um, it has an actual real catalog of, I think, 130,000. I, I think it's a combination of stars and galaxies and exoplanets and all of these things. Um, I've had a hard time, like, because it, in addition to the 130,000, because there are way more objects than 130,000. It has procedurally generated objects uh, to sort of fill out the universe a little bit, like where there's density and there's this and that and things aren't quite cataloged. It it feels real. It probably is full of, you know, errors and problems and it's in early access and all that. Um it's unclear to me what's what's real and what's not and stuff doesn't appear to be marked as if it's like whatever but i mean there are there are, there are fucking planets in this thing you know 
you're off in another galaxy and it's or another like you know feature out in space and it's like oh yeah this planet has life on it i'm like all right fucking whatever you you don't know that you fucking made that shit up um and it's like that's a little weird and a little frustrating but like you know you can still fly to pluto and look at pluto or like you can you can fly into a that is a neat thing though that like when you fly into a planet like you're grounded on the planet and you have to build your speed back up to escape the gravity of the planet uh and based on the size and gravity of the the the, you know the, the feature whether it's a sun or whatever like you have to you have to go several times the speed of light to escape a black hole, which is a thing you can do. And let me tell you, that shit looks weird. <laughs> you, it's it's real weird. Eric, did you you liked Outer Wilds so much that you needed something to fill the fill the void? No, that is exactly what I said leading into this. Right. That that was exactly what it was. That uh, I mean, like uh, specifically, like flying through space and escaping black holes mm-hmm. i didn't realize yes no i i mean i've always been very obsessed with um uh with space shit i mean i remember you should play uh, i remember uh what was that space game I, no I, man no man's sky no 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 not no man's sky i mean no man's sky is elite dangerous elite dangerous yeah i was gonna say play elite is dangerous that, is, is, is that a thing i should get I mean, if you like this, I it's uh, it's obviously much more simulator, and you're like actually piloting a spaceship, and you have to adhere mm-hmm. to the rules of physics for the most part, I think. But it is, yeah, you're like you run a ship, and you can do whatever you want. You can be a merchant, you can be a mm-hmm. like a mercenary, you can you know do whatever you fly around and just do you through space and see incredible space stuff, and you know slowly upgrade your ship and avoid pirates. If you're not looking, you might you you die sometimes though in the Elite Dangerous. I don't oh, know yeah. if that's what you want. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, how many times do you die in Outer Wilds? There's no, but you just restart in, in Outer Wilds number. in Elite Dangerous. You have to rebuild stuff. You know, you don't yeah. start at the same space. You, it's close, but it's not quite the same. You can lose progress, which I did, and that's kind of what knocked me from the game a little bit. I I I have. A passing interest in both that and no man's sky i mean the the idea of um space exploration and uh i mean the the outer wilds really got in my head mm-hmm. um, i mean it's a great game it's it is quite literally one of my favorite games forever now um and you need to finish it so we can talk about it because I I I I don't want to spoil any of it for you. I'm going to try and finish it this week. I'm about to finish a, a rough draft, so as soon as that's done, I'll no, have a little I, bit extra I, time. I, I I understand. Work is what it is. Oh, speaking of work, Eric. Hey, I released a book on the 21st of July. It's called Truth. Available on Amazon.com and other places, but Amazon's the easiest, so I'll tell you to buy it there. Available in digital and physical editions, and you can read for free with Kindle Unlimited. It is about a conservative news host who is confronted with a shocking crime, and he must choose to chase it. Sounds, or you sound so tired I, talking about your book. I, it is. I. I. You probably don't need to be told this, but I'll just say it for for the record. Launching a book is very tiring. 
and uh, exhausting and not just physically but also mentally because then you have to market it and worry if you're marketing in the right way and trying to make any amount of sales from people that aren't that don't know you and throwing it out in the void and not seeing you know a little tiny ripple it's not necessarily makes you feel great immediately when you're not like it's not a runaway success like you want it to be because of course it won't be because there's a billion books on amazon and why on earth would anyone buy it in front of any other book but i mean like i believe i tweeted somewhere along when i was going crazy at some point this week i was like the mission has not changed you know it is one book among uh many i hope to eventually publish but I encourage everyone listening to go check it out. If you like psychological horror, like political mystery, I really, I love it. I think it's, even if I kind of hate it because I've read it about a thousand times, but I still think it, I I think it's worthy. Uh, And if it's hell, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free to read. You can read the entire thing with no uh, investment except your time. it doesn't matter how many times you do a thing it but launching making art and then starting to sell to people is very tiring especially when you don't have a team of people marketing for you you just have you and you're just like casting about in the dark try like you're like like a gray a grand void in front of you and you're throwing a fishing line just into it hoping something comes back hopefully money but you don't really know or a like a review you know one review good reviews are good it's, they're very hard to get. Um, I don't know. It's it's challenging. But again, the mission has not changed. <laughs> I'm writing a lot. I'm I'm about to finish a rough draft. I have six chapters to go. That will be done this week. Then I begin editing a new book, uh, which will then go to beta readers. And then it will get published in return as well in a few months' time. Still not sure about the title of that book. So hopefully that will become clear as I edit it, revise it. Uh, I have a video game, Derek, to talk about. Something that's not just writing and work and uh, things you should buy. Uh, It is (laughs) very different from uh, your space engine game. Uh, I I mean, it's a pretty anomalous thing uh, in and of itself. Uh, This game is called Elsinore. It is a... And it it has also, though to be fair, it does have a strange strange connection to Outer Wilds. I've only played this for like an hour or two. I haven't played. I haven't put a lot of time into it mainly because I've just been working and planning to run D anD D, which I also did today, and recording podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. My life in general. Um, but it is a time loop game, much like Outer Wilds. And in Elsinore, it is set in the events of Hamlet, Shakespeare's play. And you play Ophelia, who is kind of a, I don't know, a controversial figure, controversial character in a lot of Shakespeare because she is the, the archetypal, you know, f- weak, insane woman, weak, insane girl who kills herself, theoretically, in the middle two thirds of the play. And in this, you are playing as Ophelia in the four days prior to the events that end in Hamlet, which everyone dies at the end of Hamlet. If you haven't read it, it's 600 years old. Um you get a vision of death and you are uh, at first like just exploring and trying to investigate things and figure out why I'm getting these weird visions. What's going on? Well, I, the events of Hamlet are still going on. So like Hamlet's going crazy and realizing that his uncle killed his dad and Hamlet's trying to murder, you know, get revenge on him. And, you know, there's bloodshed every all over the place. And there's a spy somewhere inside 
inside the, the the inner sanctum of the king and the kingdom. This it takes place in Elsinore Castle, which is hence the name. And you are feeling you're trying to you go to different characters, you ask them things. This is all marked down in a journal so that you know exactly when things are going to happen and you can choose where you want to be at any given time to witness an event or ignore it. Um, as you play longer, you learn about different things that happen, things that are contrary to what how the play goes. And you are trying to fix things and change things, much like in Outer Wilds. Um, and at the end, you die. And you wake up on your bed at the same time and you have to, it's a point and click adventure. So it's not, there's no, you know, fortunately there's no insane platforming that makes you pull your hair out like there is in Outer Wilds. This is very by the books, very much like you want her to go there. You click on it. She runs there and she can talk to someone you, you, you know, when you want to want to talk to a character about a specific topic, it's in your journal. You just click on them say talk and you click on that topic and they just have a, a conversation with you and they tell you what you know, the book, the, the the I think the best thing the game does, um, it tells you explicitly what everything means when you learn information, and what it means in this playthrough. You know, it means, oh, you know this information, so now, let's say, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, they have an opinion about something. They have an opinion about someone, and now that is written down in your journal, and but they make it explicit. This is only for this run. The next run, it might be different depending on how you talk to them. And that this game is it's very reactive to your decisions and what you choose to tell people. Um, it is a I, – I, I am I, – I love Shakespeare. I love Hamlet. I hate Hamlet the character. I think the play is great, um, mostly for the, the beautiful language. I think it's really interesting how they also are recontextualizing the character of Ophelia and portraying her as the hero of the story and not insane, stupid Hamlet, which I think is a, a great thing. <laughs> Because the character of Hamlet is an idiot. <laughs> he's an insane stupid. He's an ins he's insane and stupid. That's what Hamlet is. And he, he sees a ghost, so he loses... He suddenly just loses all sense of, like, logic. I mean, he is definitely depressed, morose, mentally ill. I feel like the word insane shouldn't be used for stuff, but, you know, it's all good. I mean, he's a fictional character, so I don't really know... Yeah, I mean, it's not going to hurt his feelings, but it's still like there's there's no actual mental illness that's insane. No, that's but I mean, that's a, that's a legal definition. Well, I mean, I, I use the word insane in like he is he doesn't follow like actual behavior of a mental ill person. He behaves like a caricature. Mm -hmm. He is not. No, he's he's a, he's a very silly. He's a very silly boy. He doesn't kill the dude who killed his dad because he was praying, so he'll go to heaven. Anyway, mm -hmm. Okay, Hamlet. Alright, do you really want to revenge? No, of course not. You want to pontificate about it for like three more days and then kill everyone all at once. I don't like Hamlet. Um, I think Elsinore's... That's fair. Elsinore's a fun game. I'd recommend it. Shakespeare fans, obviously people who like point-click adventures and mystery kind of games and puzzle games and time loop games. I think this game's for you. I don't know how much reach this game has outside of people who know the play Shakespeare play play Hamlet and Shakespeare in general. Um, so I, but as a person who likes all this stuff, of course I appreciate it and enjoy it. That's about it. That's all I got. My brain is like degrading as we speak. I can feel the blood, leave it and shoot out my ears. Well, get, get you one of those, um, those, uh, Shingo Katag uh, Takagi, 
uh, monster energy drinks. I'm going. I am monster. I am energy drinkless for like a week now. This this is your real problem, bud. I'm I'm coffee only, and usually I'm trying to stay once a day. Coffee only, really? Mm-hmm. What's what's that all about? I mean, it's cheap. <laughs> one for where, one. Where it's where where, where are you? Cheaper. Where are you? Where where are you getting your your coffee with sugar in it? I'm making coffee with sugar in it, and it's artificial sweetener, actually. But yes, well, good for you, buddy. I'm making coffee, and I'm making a lot of coffee, but I'm trying to keep it once a day, maybe twice a day, and maybe now that I'm trying to finish a book before the end of the month, three times a day. But it is not, you know, I'm not spending, you know, six dollars to do that. I am, you know, spending the amount of whatever cream and water and coffee grounds. And it's healthier, theoretically. You ready to talk about some uh, some apocalypse? We might as well do it. Okay. Get all depressed. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's there'll, there'll probably be some of that in there. Uh, that's it for checking in. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nobody Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I sign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book. This week we are discussing the first half of why the last man by brian k vaughn and pia guerra with inks by jose marzan and the letters clem robbins and there's other a couple fill-in uh two issue bits here and there i think uh goram parlov was one of them uh i forget the other other one but it's largely you know brian k vaughn and pia guerra um it's a pretty it's a cloudy comic book. Has a lot of a lot of a lot of weight behind it. You said clout and not I heard cloudy. I'm like, all right. Clout E. I Yes, that yeah. I mean one one of those two things is a word. I made it a word. You, okay. I have you that I, I have the ability. I it has a lot of weight behind it. It is momentous, monumentous, especially considering when it came out. Uh, the wasteland of the mid to, early to mid two thousands, mm-hmm. when the market was still kind of depressed from the late nineties crash, and it put Brian K. Vaughn on the map for sure. I think people knew who he was somewhat after Ex Machina. That's the name of that comic, right? I didn't make that up. No, he did. I, I believe that was him. Yeah, I was thinking. There's a movie called Ex Machina too, and I just think of that first now. But uh, yeah. th- that put him on the map, and then this kind of solidified him as an important writer and you know, led to, you know, he's now doing Saga and writing television after this, honestly, you know, working on Lost. Um, the, the great show that is Lost. I'm, I really want to rewatch all Lost just to, like, get a handle on it again. I, I cannot see a world where I do that. <laughs> I know. I'm not, I'm not asking you to participate in my psychology. Oh, I, 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 I know you weren't because then you, you, you know what my answer would be. I, no, thank you. I, I, I yeah, N- uh, not even a polite. No, thank you. Yes. I'd throw a rock at you. <laughs> so here's what, here's what I, I've never read through all of why the last man, I think I always get to like this point And then for some reason I drop off, I fall off or whatever. Now I will absolutely have to finish it. But now, obviously, I've never read this before. After we've read so many comics for this podcast, I'm much more well read now. Uh, Brian came on. Uh, you should go thank Garth Ennis for writing Preacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and apologize for the, the amount of. It feels very much like you, what you said after we read Swamp Thing. 
Uh, when you're like, oh, Sandman, this is just, this is proto Sandman, except, you know, this, then it just, this is in reverse where I like, oh, it's very clear that last time I read why I had not read Preacher. Now I've read Preacher and I go, oh, I see the DNA. I see the, sh- oh, yeah. the, the shared, uh, but also in, 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 uh, one additional step from that is Robert Kirkman, my God. The Walking mm-hmm. Dead. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. It's it's not even funny. Let's just let's just take all these literal characters, same exact people, change their names, give them a sword, and throw zombies in it. Of course. <laughs> it really is pretty. Oh, it, and it's like very similar. Like, and it's very similar. Like surprise, you know, uh, you know, surprise death uh, structure of like, oh, let's you know, characters are fragile and can die. You know, there's uh, the core. The core group stays alive in, in Y, which is you know not the case in Walking Dead for the most part. Even though Carl, make, I mean Rick, makes it the entire time, and so does Carl. To be fair, um, but. A, a, a post-apocalypse characters traveling across the country meeting strange you know people strange weird enclaves and cults and whatever and they devolve into madness and people eating each other figuratively at least in this it's not literal yet i can't i don't know if there's cannibals in the part in, in the second half i assume there's not but who knows um there were definitely cannibals in the walking dead but it's mm-hmm. it's those comparisons immediately are the thing that pop out at me like okay and even Brian Kevon even they reference directly reference preacher in this with a fuck communism lighter fuck communism and I, I I think I still like you know halfway through I still like why the last man I've always liked it <laughs> I'm just a little bit more oh I see you know it, it, there's a little shine I think the shine has come off the apple a little bit what do you think. Yeah, pop- Parts of it haven't aged as well. Uh, um, I mean, I had read Preacher before, but I also hadn't done 240-something episodes of a podcast uh, reading and analyzing comic books. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <coughs> I don't think it's as, it's as direct as just a straight take uh from preacher right i mean it's not it's not the walking dead similarity is much closer than the similarity to preacher it's more about just like preacher has three people crossing the country trying to get achieve a goal and that is also here you know and it has the same kind of like the main the male care the main male character is the you know the, the 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 protagonist and he's the one having all the the issues and and for the most part and then you know the other characters split off and then the other two go and find them and it feels you know that is there it's not one to one well walking dead mm-hmm. feels way and like i i don't really blame i i that was a really i was just joking earlier i, I like i'm not going to i don't blame Brian K. Vaughn for patterning his comic book <laughs> after the preacher how how dare you not be wholly original and you have influences when you write something only shitty writers read stuff and are influenced by it Mm -hmm. yes every work of art has to be created in a complete vacuum (laughs) good artists borrow great artists steal theoretically 
That's the story. <laughs> Do you still like it as much as you did last time you read it? Do I like it as much as the last time I read it? Why? Why the last man? Um, I don't know. My feelings on it are a little confused. Why is that? I feel like kind of everything that I have a problem with. I don't even know that I have a huge problem with it, but it it does. Like God Almighty, they use the the the, I, the, trans, I the transphobia stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of I it mean, in there. I noticed it too. It's a lot. It's not just yeah. once or twice. It's like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe a dozen times total. Well, maybe they. It is. It is definitely a thing that. I mean, it's a thing that happens now, but it is a thing that would probably happen more in this theoretical world where only women existed, um, that there would probably be more trans-masculine people. Um, I mean, or not, I don't know. I think that was a big part of why this book was so interesting, is it begins with this uh, this thought experiment of what if all the men died, and it does it in a way that is not incredibly awkward and clunky. Um it actually is thoughtful, and it still comes off uh, as as pretty thoughtful. But it 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 definitely still feels like what if the, uh, an apocalypse happened in in the early two thousands. Um, this this feels like time froze in the early two thousands. It it has that era's sort of thought processes and politics. I mean, let alone the, you know, the, 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 the fashion, um, God, Yorick, Yorick just stinks of that era's, uh, like I'm a cool nerd guy. I I found the references tiring. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It was very much from an, an era where we're like, Oh my God. He's talking about Star Wars. That's so cool. And nowadays, like, whatever. There's a fucking new blockbuster Star Wars movie every year, every other year. Like, it's fucking, like, there is no nerd culture anymore. It's all mainstream shit. It's an omni-culture. A culture of steam. Blah. Um... There is some stuff that's a little hard to swallow. Um, it does, it does kind of still intrigue me. Like, like I don't know what it says about me that I'm, I'm, I would be interested to see how the world would be different um, if women didn't have to deal with men at all. And I think, I mean, a lot of it when half the people on earth fucking die, it would be probably very much this terrible. I don't know. It is a a wild and interesting story and it is trying to be woke and feminist in its own way for a book that throws the T word in there a whole bunch. Um, Yeah, it does. And I, I'm, you know, I don't, I think it is a strength of the premise and the strength of the like the how how they engage with that premise that thought that that the that thought experiment how they engage with that 
that is still very prescient and you can easily and you know this why this show like this why why they want to make a show out of it and why they've been trying to make a show out of it since this you know since it ended because it is an incredibly prescient and easy like it's only becoming more and more relevant of like oh well what if there were no men like what kind of what you know what does that world look like and i i imagine that if this if they ever get it off the ground and it's a decent show it'll be very very popular just like the walking dead was um, which I the only my only reticence would be people like l- watching that and going like it's just like The Walking Dead. Why should I watch mm-hmm. this? I'm like, oh god, fucking Tolkien stole his shit from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Gary Gygax, the originator mm-hmm. of fantasy. It's true. He made up elves. Didn't you know there weren't elves mm-hmm. before him? Uh, it's it's because and you know I that that is part of the it's just aged poorly because of hey in 15 years or whatever time we've progressed socially culturally a little bit enough because i don't think me reading this when it came out i don't think i would have batted an eye at that word no i i i mean when fucking Airboy came out um i didn't think much of it then Airboy wasn't that long ago uh but a lot of people were wildly upset that Airboy used the t word um yeah it's uh it, it's it's not nice to people it's well, i mean it's it's i mean and, and it's i think that is it's a very it's a very obvious thing it stands out now right i think the thing it, it's not my only criticism um i think my other big i you know that's one big one the other big one is largely the fake out endings where the one that stands out in my head is the one where it, the an issue ends with uh the one of the Israeli soldiers holding a sniper rifle, a rifle sight on one of our main characters on I think it was on York himself, the scope yeah. leveled right at his head and then issue ends and then the next issue ends up with oh of course I'm not going to shoot him. I'm just looking at him with my scope. I need to see him. I'm like really? Is that so you're telling me that the the guy who was a series story editor <laughs> on, on 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 Lost. <laughs> I don't even have to finish my statement. <laughs> okay, I understand. Yeah, I I know. It's just it's still it's still very much like, and, and Walking Dead does it too, and it you know pissed me off every time The Walking Dead did it. Oh yeah, no, it it it's one hundred percent bullshit. Like I I. I agree with you, but like uh, I don't know. I I I like that one in particular. I just ran right over it. You um, know, and there's a one other. Okay, so that okay, so obviously transphobia, transphobic uh, slurs and stuff to the bullshit and bullshit cliffhangers that are cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of the references. That's minor, really, but it's just it's tiresome now. I'm just so it feels like feels like I'm watching uh the Big Bang Theory when his poor stupid York is just like oh Star Wars bazinga. I'm just like oh god York, you're insufferable. You're, if you weren't the last man, they all these women would kill you, and they and half of them want to kill him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the other thing is the long segment. I'm really curious what you think about this, Eric. Is the long segment where he goes to the York is in the cabin with the former spy that's friends with 
355? That's I got the is that the right number? Three five. I think it is three five five, but I don't remember. She was seven eleven. Yeah, seven eleven. That's right. They made the joke. Um, but him stay in the cabin where she like does some weird psycho, psychosexual. She does BDSM sex magic to him. Yeah, I was like, and just to convince him that he's to fix him of his suicidal impulses. Ah, I see. I don't know. That's... She uses spy powers on him. She's like, I, I learned about this right. with my spy powers. That's either either Brian K. Vaughn is a little bit of a nut, which she kind of is. We know it. Or his editor was like, we need more titties in this. Yeah, this book's all women and there's no titties. And he's like, uh, how about BDSM sex magic? See, I am I am missing that middle issue. So it was a little bit. It was one third shorter for me. It was it. Oh, so is it Red Hot Chili Peppers wrote that? What? They have an album called Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Okay, that I don't listen to the Red be, Hot Chili be, Peppers because I dislike them. Well, it's their most popular album. It's the one with the Under the Bridge and uh, uh, Give It Away. So That's I watched fine. I watched I... their Behind the Music. Eric, come on, didn't you watch Behind the Music? This is way too much talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I say we just do a whole podcast that's just the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and we go through their entire discography. Where's, where's that rock I was going to throw at you? <laughs> Could be like that uh, YouTube show that Scott Ackerman does. We just do a bread. We do the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I I I thought that was too preacher like to me. That's the one thing that I go makes me go. Oh, they mm-hmm. needed like oh, a dream sequence that is weird and they don't have god that can just pop in and you know do what he wants so we have to have a weird retired black ops person they did they did this exact same thing uh that it was featherstone was her name right and she was like a bdsm nazi Mm -hmm. and she was uh fucking quinn cannon's secretary god preacher is very odd it is um, it, but i mean like garth ennis but, it feels more natural when because every book is every issue is just insanity yeah and this is much more measured and largely much more measured even with it feels like i can imagine like not having if you read the walking dead this just feels like more of it because it has oh yeah they they have a tr- uh, there's a group of women called the amazons and they cut off one of their breasts and you know and that was a that was another thing that i found very distasteful was the fucking amazons and how i mean i'm glad that they painted her as more of a cult leader mm-hmm. uh and and less of a fucking less of a feminist because it really did it was like ooh, feminist bad guy it's just it's it's a distasteful trope i mean i, I think um, it's also like i i was there is, I think, there is, there's obviously fuel there if you want to examine, you know, schisms in uh, feminism. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's turfs and all that. Like you can, there there's there's stuff there. But that, that woman, the, yeah, that, that woman would definitely be a turf. Yeah, but there's no the book doesn't have it doesn't really go into that at all. It just makes her like a mustache twirling villain of like, hey. I'm going to make you kill people uh, and we need food. And uh, I obviously I believe in the greater good of women. But for now, we're going to do a bunch of evil shit. And I'm like, uh, OK, I get it. I, it's 
I think it's a testament to how like well plotted and how intre- like I still want to know the answers. I still want to know what's going on. Like just the the by the and the fact that I do enjoy these people hanging out together. I I like the adventures of York. I like the dumb monkey. I like you know three five five. I like uh, <laughs> Doctor Man, <laughs> uh, which is, is funny. Um, I like all that stuff, and I like you know I want to see them succeed, and I'm interested. And you know that they, they it really does the it does a good job of having many threads all running at the same time, parallel to each other, intersecting once in a while and dipping back in and out. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of you know running plots all existing at the same time which you know i think this does better than the walking dead honestly mm-hmm. the the walking dead was more like hey you remember those people now they're here to kill you and i'm like okay they all everyone just wants to kill someone they don't ever but in this their their motivations are a little bit more nuanced even if sometimes they literally i want that magic medallion so i can smash it forever so that there are no more men where when um what what episode, what issue do you think uh, Yorick looks straight at the camera and says, "We are why the last man." <laughs> yeah, there's also no moments where the main character of the comic book just stares at you and literally yells the metaphor at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are the we are the why the last man. Uh, yeah. he's too busy talking about you know. <laughs> referencing Doctor Who or something. <laughs> He's too busy jacking off to Star Wars. Fucking weirdo. Uh, we get it, bud. You're a nerd. <laughs> Alright, man. Give a man his nerd cred. He gets his yeah. nerd card. Let's go get him some... Needs to get himself a Star Wars shirt that said Han shot first. Uh, I mean... Oh, this is why people would make fun of um, fucking Ernest Klein. Because that dumb book was written kind of still in this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it was fine right. to and do that stuff because everyone was really excited about having their stupid shit. Mashed up with other stupid like, shit. Well, I mean, God, the nerds still love, nerds still love mashups. That's, I, I know. Like, I, like do, you, do you still look at t-shirt sites? That used to be I, a thing that you did. I, Eric, I literally subs- I hate subscribe to a t-shirt like a a t-shirt. It's a Tumblr that is literally just a, a it amasses shirts from every t-shirt site, and I just hate subscribe because it makes me every time I see one like one out of ten is maybe okay, but the other nine are just the laziest. Just mm-hmm. hey, He Man Jim. And then it's just, and then it just takes every character with muscles, and they have a gym T-shirt. I'm like, what the fuck does it have to do? What what is this? What? It's not like, hey, if you want a you want a shirt that is about uh, Foggy's gym in Daredevil, okay, he actually owns it, like you know, a, an actual thing inside the the fiction. Instead, it's just like Hulk gym, uh, more smash less bash what like just dumb nonsense and it's just uh, like there's no thematic connection between these two properties well the 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 connection is is someone had a hacked copy of fucking photoshop and (laughs) they can upload shit to redbubble 
Or the and no oh, one's taking it down. Oh, the picture of they just they, someone took the the cover from the Killing Joke with the Joker and the camera and just took every there's Deadpool and Rorschach and uh, it makes me want to me- my brain to explode. I do, hate do it so much. Do you know why they did all of them? Because someone bought a whole bunch of the first one that he did. I know, and they keep buying it. There's I, plenty of artists that that's just. Uh, why the last man? It's a comic. What do you think about Pierre Garrett's art? There's a lot of good art in this. Um, I kind of like it less now that we've compared it to The Walking Dead, which I definitely had that thought. But now that I look at it, like it looks so much like um, shit. What was his name? It did the bulk of the series. And why can't I think of it? It's embarrassing. Charlie Adler. Yeah, Charlie Adler. It looks so much so, it just looks so much like it. It's just, it's, I can't unsee it. God, this Japanese girl. She's happy to be fighting. I. What, what, come on, what is it, Eric? Pe- people are just icky about putting Asian people and stuff. Like, she, she's literally a ninja. She has a katana. She throws fucking shurikens at people. Like, I'm pretty sure the Japanese Secret Service or whatever, they aren't literal fucking ninjas or samurai or fucking shit. I think they use guns, you know? Like, I I don't think that, like, they don't really have a military in Japan. They do, it's just not not really a... Well, they don't, they, they, they don't, they don't really. It's not like they couldn't fucking invade a country in general. My understanding is that they, they they contract us or something or maybe they have private military contractors i have no idea i have very little knowledge about the japanese military so i will say nothing yeah i i'm gonna say that i don't think they have like formal military in the same way that like say south korea does i don't it's that's another thing showing its age there's just a lot of there's a lot of things in this book that are it's little things like that little things here and there where that would not no we wouldn't they wouldn't do that in 2019 if you're starting this comic in 2019 it would be a very different thing yeah it would it a lot of these things would not be like that character would be somewhat be entirely different would not might be japanese but probably wouldn't be dressed like a ninja probably wouldn't wield a samurai sword a katana whatever it is um, you know, you know, a thing that reading through it, I didn't like, but kind of in macro looking at the series that I think is actually a very smart decision is like kind of how wimpy Yorick is. Yes. You know, because it would be a, a, a really shitty book if all the men died and then like Yorick is like badass action guy. If he's fucking John McClane in the middle of this shit, mm-hmm. like what a fucking terrible book that would be. Like I I kinda don't like all the picking on Yorick that they do in this book, but if he was a stronger character, at least I mean, you know, physically strong, mm-hmm. if he was action guy it would literally rob the whole cast of women, which is one of the things that's like really interesting and unique about this would rob them 100% of, of their agency. And it would, it would just 
be stupid. It would be very yeah. His his his. I joke about the references and stuff, but at, other than that, I think York is a good character, and I think mm-hmm. the 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 cast is good, and I think that they each occupy a very interesting niche within the story, and. I, I think it's mostly around the edges where things are like spotty, where you like it feels very much like sometimes like you we joked you just joked about York not yelling at the camera. I am why the last man, but there are moments in this where it's like literally yelling at us like women are just people, and if women are if there were just women that there would still be war because women are people and people are war you know create war. And I'm like, eh, maybe you could be a little bit more subtle in some cases. Uh, about that i have some information about the japanese military eric if you're interested <laughs> why not let's just go off the fucking rails i will this is a, a the this is from wikipedia the, J, the, the jsdf the japan self-defense forces are there three branches of military or two branches of military they have self the army and air basically uh air air and navy kind of together but they are the world's fourth most powerful military uh, from the report in 2015, as they have their world, they have the eighth largest military budget in the world. Well, I was misinformed from uh, my high school classes. They they did not have a military until the mid 50s, and then they reformed it. When it's, did you say the mid 50s is when they reformed their military? I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read this entire article, but that's that's hey, some Japanese military information. They don't dress like ninjas; they dress like army men uh, for the most part. I assume that that I don't know who that the ninja character is. I don't know. She she stole the monkey. I don't know what happens afterwards. Uh, it's interesting. Piagara hasn't done. She hasn't really done anything nearly as big as this after after this. You know, she's done smaller stuff here and there. And I think she does a lot of political cartoons now and stuff like in you know, editorial cartoons. Um, but you know, she won an Eisner for this. Well, well deserved, I think, particularly for this era. Yeah, exactly. You know, really, like, really wildly important. Yeah, it, and then that's the thing. I think it's really hard to. I mean, I think we'll touch on this for the second half as well. Um, but I mean, it's hard to, you know, think about things in their time period, especially when you weren't. You know, I was a dumb teenager when this was coming out. For when this started coming out, I didn't know anything, and I wasn't even reading a lot of comics. I was certainly reading indie comics. I was reading, mm-hmm. you know, superheroes punching each other books. That's all I cared about at the time. And and even if I had read it, I would not have thought anything. I would probably thought this is amazing. But, yeah. you know, now that I've read it, and it's it's hard to, you know, take t- when because it came out in in a great void. You know, there weren't that many books. This is a Vertigo book, but regardless, it is an indie book. I don't you know, it's certainly an imprint of DC, however you would like to put it. But, you know, yeah, we talk, it, we talk it, about it, Sandman in the same way. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely more along that spectrum. You know, talk about Sam and Preacher being in the 90s and being, like, important and different. And mm-hmm. this is the extension of that. You know, books were still... This still... It took this, like, until recently, like, five or six years ago, when suddenly the indie market exploded. And you have books like Saga and The Walking Dead and Southern Bastards and Wicked and Divine and dozens and dozens others. This, at the time, there weren't that many. And this stood out because of that. And I think... Because of books like this is we got to the point where we have dozens and dozens of indie books at any one time, and most of them are amazing. Uh, you know, it used to be where books like this were very rare, and you'd like you'd grab and hold on to it like a precious item because you're like, oh, I can't know. Oh, my God, it's a, a comic book that is 
competent and it's not about superheroes and it doesn't look like Brian Hitch. Uh, let's take it. It's mine. <laughs> Give me it. And then someone was like, what about this, but with no color and zombies and 10,000 issues? Well, I, it is very, I, I think I'm a little less forgiving of the walk. I've forgotten. I didn't even think about it when I was, whenever we read the walking dead, every time I've read the walking dead, I never even thought about why the last man. But now that I've read Why the Last Man again, oh boy, mm-hmm. oh man, just wipe off the serial numbers, Robert Kirkman, and just republish. File that shit down. There's zombies in this instead of the women. There's men and women and zombies, and but still the same. I mean, Kirkman's still a great writer of dialogue and, and stuff like that, but it's very much like, I take this. Kirkman, Kirkman is not without his strengths. So oh like, no, he has his he a lot of strengths of the writer. We pick on him we pick on him a lot, but I think he's like I think maybe he's just sort of become our pet thing to hate. Mm, I still put Bendis in front of him for me, personally. <laughs> you really fucking hate Bendis. It's so weird, man. He's fine. He is fine for the most part, but remember what I said about X Men, Eric? earlier mm-hmm. and i said how remember what happened at the end when he left x-men that's what he's done with every single book he's ever done he does something really exciting to start and then by the end it just kind of gets bored and wanders away this time to a different company I just leave plot puns of plot threat plot threads unanswered and eh, who cares i'm done now i don't i can't finish this goodbye he did it with miles he did it with miles he did it with his own creation what's he supposed to do write it for 40 years I mean, you have an end to an arc, an end to a story arc, and then, yes, then you move on, but he didn't really do that. He didn't put the character in a great... We're, I don't know why we're talking about Brian, Brian Michael Bendis. I think I bet Brian K. Vaughn has gotten better as a writer. I think Saga is appreciably he, better than this. Oh, God, yeah. But, uh, shit. Book 10 and 11 is better than books 1 through 9 or 1 through 10 of this. True. Um. I mean, think how much better uh, shit uh, Runaways was maybe 2006. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple of years later. I mean, I, this is this is one of the things that I don't know. You can you, he he became really super stellar through this sort of gauntlet of stuff like this is. This is a very good comic, and for the time and for his influences, he all but whole cloth created something that, you know, it's even today is not without flaws, but a lot of it stands the test of time. Like, I think, I, I, I think if you throw out almost everything. <laughs> before the this the astronauts and the israelis arc everything before that i don't think i'd have any real problems with it you know nothing feels that bad or clunky um but i do feel like a lot of that stuff with the amazons and the throwing the throwing the t word around casually mhm i mean I, I i don't know i th- that's a thing like I mean, I th- I think you could easily do something like that. It just has mm-hmm. to be 
you have to draw a little bit more out of it. You can't make the like if they did a little bit more time with the Amazons and there were more of them and they had personalities and the leader wasn't just big evil person like capital E evil kind of thing. I think it would be it could be interesting if there were people true believers in there, not just I'm a villain. I want food. I kill people for food. And it's just that's boring at the end of the day. And and it's dumb and doesn't really doesn't tell us anything about like what this situation actually would be. It's just very much like, oh, yeah, there's manipulative people in the world. Well, yeah, okay, that's not that deep of a thought compared to a lot of the other things that are in this book that are interesting and, and compelling and 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 like heartwarming even you know the 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 moment where his sister actually does is like has those all those pictures of of her travels and she's writing it down she has a picture of the little baby the little baby boy who was born from the the lady astronaut i really like that a lot Mm -hmm. i like that moment of them you know it's a very preacher-like moment of you know people finally getting along and stuff like that but i still enjoy it a lot it's it's there's a lot of sweetness and a lot of happiness in it that's just you know it that's the one thing i do say that i wish the walking did more of where this book has a lot of you know goodness in it as well it has not just overwhelming it's it's sad at times and it's upsetting at times but it also has those moments of hey things are gonna things can work out things can be okay things can be good and i I need some of that, you know, in my apocalyptic fiction. I need post-apocalypse. I need something that is. It, it, I need to see the light. I need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, what are we fighting for? I don't need it all the time, obviously. But The Walking Dead, oof, way too far in the other direction. I think. That, I mean, I don't. You know, I, I think it's any book you revisit later. You know, it. The book has not changed, but we have changed. It's what you get any time you revisit something later on. It's still good, though, and I'm still really... I've never gotten past this point. I'm excited to read it and see what happens. Yeah, I have read basically everything up to about where we finished up. I've never read anything past it, and I've always wanted to finish the series, so I am eager to break new ground. See how we feel. I've managed to stay unspoiled for this entire time. Yeah, much, I have no idea what happens. So I'm excited, um, but we'll. Anything else you want to add, Eric? Before we, before we, before we uh, say our goodbyes. No, pretty good. All right, that was why the last man first half. We'll be doing the next half in our next episode two weeks from today. Um, you can read along with us uh, if you haven't. If you never read Why the Last Man, you you should. Uh, before we go, you can find us all over the internet we are on the, the, our website is handsome voice comics handsome voice comics hour.com with links to everything there including our link to a link to our facebook which is facebook.com slash handsome voice comics hour our twitter which is hbc hour you can email us at handsome voice comics at gmail.com you can if you like the show please go to whatever podcast service you use uh give us a good review give us five stars subscribe tell your friends each of those little things add up. They help a lot. They get us new listeners, and we really appreciate each and every single person who takes the time. You can find me online on tw- at my on Twitter at Robbie Dorman and my website, which is RobbieDorman.com, and includes a link to my new release book, Truth, which I've already talked about. And you probably listened to an ad of it at the front of the show. 
so I won't go on anymore. And you'll get more spiels next time when there's no more ads. Uh, I think I am I am losing my personal capacity. Eric, mm-hmm. where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see the other things I get up to at ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and Twitter. I'm known on both services as EZ Goodnight. Letter E, letter Z, goodnight. Follow his, follow that Twitch. Don't forget. Follow that Twitch. Yeah, you, I'm, you get I'm, on, uh, I'm on Twitch as EZ Goodnight as well. I, uh, I think going to CEO has learned me that uh, gamers like the stuff that I draw, so I'm going to have a good time with it. It's and you you follow him on there and then you get notifications whenever he goes live and you know immediately yeah I actually go turn my Twitch channel to Easy Goodnight and watch him draw some probably butts or something. I mean that does like eighty percent sounds about right. It's easy like if I it's either that or just you know Shingo Takagi drinking a monster. Mm-hmm. I mean I I like Shingo Takagi. I have He's, no thoughts on monsters though. I, if he's a cruiserweight, I'm a doobie brother. It's true. You are a doobie brother. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Have a good one. All right. Rock and roll. <laughs>